we have before us the opportunity to forge for ourselves and for future generations a new world order. It appears as though something has happened in the motorcade route. The Oswald has been shot. Paddock fired out of two adjoining rooms using a device similar to a hammer to smash the windows. Several uh, flying saucers there of extraterrestrial origin. To get Chris Graves. How dare you? Greta Sunberg or Thornberg or Thornberg. Sweet, anyway. sweet Greta. Anyway, it's a new digging with Chris Graves, and I am said Chris Graves, uh, an idiot with technology, and I'll admit it. Uh, hopefully, this is recording, and uh, yeah. Anyway, I'd like to uh, welcome a very, very special guest, a uh, a man who is. Dear, near and dear to my heart. Is that was that whatever? That was Murphy Brown, right? Or Murder She Wrote? I don't know, something like that. Anyway, Mr. John Henry of the New Prisoners Podcast. Welcome, sir. Hello, Mr. Graves. I'm excited to be here. Uh, still perplexed on how you got your foot stuck in your neighbor. Um, but outside of that, I'm glad we could finally put it together uh, for anybody that listens or follows uh, Mr. Christopher Graves. You know that this man keeps hours that make zero fucking sense. So uh, I'm glad we could finally coordinate schedules. Finally. I know. I appreciate that. So uh, for those, well, first off, right off the bat, I, a little birdie told me to ask you about Mardi Gras. Does that make any sense? <laughs> oh, man. So it's uh it's funny. So I'm 21. Uh, I run into a couple guys that were one year younger than me in high school and uh, Denny's at about three o'clock in the morning. And um, and they're going, hey, man, we're leaving for Mardi Gras tomorrow. And I'm like, what? And uh, one of the gentlemen says, yeah, my mom let me put a hotel room on her credit card and we're going to jump in the car and we're all going to drive down together. You should come. I'm like, what the fuck? This is crazy. Uh, but I'm in. So I uh, ended up calling off of work for about four days and uh, we ripped it straight through to Mardi Gras. Uh, it, it was chaos. It was revolting. Uh, it was exciting. It was disgusting. It was uh, a whole lot of things, man. There was nipple piercings that took place, midget porn stars. Um, Sounds like my 12th birthday all over again. You know what? It's uh, yeah, that's uh, that's actually how I describe my butt mitzvah. Um, <laughs> but, uh, no, it was wild, man. And then, uh, on our way back, we had basically enough money to pay for gas to get back home. And when everybody fell asleep, I decided that I wanted to go to Florida for my first time. So I drove about eight hours in the wrong direction to Florida and we had to have somebody's mom wire us money, uh, for gas to get back. But, uh, we made it, man, went and stayed in, um, four star hotel that we had no business in. Uh, the majority of the crew uh, drank underage illegally. And uh, I got to tell you, man, Mardi Gras is just, obviously, you know, it's full of deviance, but it is fucking literally disgusting. 
like when I say literally disgusting, I'm not just talking about, um, you know, the acts that people are, uh, are perpetuating or portraying there, but I, like the literal sense of when you're shoulder to shoulder with thousands and thousands of people, uh, some of which are vomiting, uh, also urinating just right where they're at because they can't get through the crowd to get to a bathroom. Uh, it is one of the more disgusting experiences I've ever had. <laughs> Sounds like my 13th birthday. <laughs> For sure, man. So, uh, yeah, that was a pretty chaotic um, experience. And, you know, it's funny. Uh, one of the guys, uh, actually two of the guys that were with us were really in the film at the time. And, you know, Ooh. they wanted to make movies for a living. So, you know, they brought some film equipment. And, uh, you know, one of my favorites. Did you uh, document this is what you're about to say? Just a, a little bit of it. But my favorite part was a, a very, very large woman uh, taking her pants down to her ankles. Uh, she was ungroomed. Uh, we'll leave it at that. And she is screaming at the top of her lungs, Give me what I want. Give that may have been I me. I, so, we uh, may have met all those years ago. It, so it, like, it was uh, me. It was a little bit shocking, but uh, it's a lot of fun, man. It's funny. Um, you know, you think about how we change as we get older. So, you know, I when I'm younger, man, I had no problem. Me and a couple friends just jumping in a car and, and, you know, driving 20 hours. But, man, I had a seven and a half hour drive here a couple weeks ago and it absolutely killed me. So oh, I'm, um, I'm starting to turn in, uh, into an old wimp. Oh. That's for sure. <laughs> I'm sorry to hear that. Uh... Yeah. Hey, ironically, um, I was actually in New Orleans about... Uh, probably a month ago, I, I had to go there for a couple days for business. Um, and even when it's not Mardi Gras, it is a revolting piece of shit. <laughs> yeah. Like you're like, it was a beautiful experience. Fucking terrible, man. <laughs> no, no. It's uh, the hotel I was in. The security literally had to chase people out from shitting in the doorways. And, you know, there was people doing the uh, the drug-induced zombie walk all over the place in, in the historic center of uh, New Orleans. So, yeah, that place is fucking terrible, man. How unfortunate. <laughs> So you met my cousins. I right. did. Okay. I did. All right. Well, anyway, um, well, that was very nice. Uh, it was a nice Saturday uh, afternoon um, anecdote, I guess. You asked. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, what? Um, let's back up a little. What? What brought you to the world of uh, conspiracies and broadcasting? Oh man. Um, so. Uh, we'll talk about, you know, number six played a big role in both of them, uh, which, you know, obviously he and I co-host the new prisoners podcast. And, Where can um, people uh, see that or hear that? Uh, all over the place. Um, okay. you know, uh, rumble Spotify, uh, we've been kicked Bit off of YouTube for a long time, bitch. You, you probably know better than I do. Um, but, yeah, rumble know, odyssey, Spotify, Apple pod. Yeah, yeah, all that good stuff. Yeah, and uh, and thank you for being a contributor, man. It's uh, we really love having you on the show. But you know, for me, it's um, you know, it kind of goes back to uh, all right. Well, let's start with the, the idea of broadcast. Um, always loved music, man. Uh, always enjoyed being in bands. Always enjoyed putting out content for people's enjoyment uh, and my own personal enjoyment. That was always always really fun. That's actually how number six and I became friends uh, a long time ago. Well, you're already uh, covering all my other questions. So I was going to okay. get into metal with you. How you met? Six. No, we're, we'll talk so keep, about keep going. No, it's organic. I like this. Okay. Well, yeah, I, I just uh, you know I, I can't help it. Just r ramble on. Um, <laughs> no. So here's what I'll do. I'll, I'll give you a, a brief synopsis and then we'll get more in depth as we move forward Sounds so that's good. how we got together and um you know as we've uh you know both grown older and uh you know it became adults if you will almost adults anyway 
you know, obviously the idea of being in touring bands and things like that, just not really in the question. Um, you know, so, uh, for us, I think the show and, um, you know, the new prisoners, that's, that's our band now. Right. I mean, that's how we get to share content with people and, and do something that we really love. And, you know, the benefit of it is, um, we really hope that people get some good out of it and some education and, you know, trying to, to change the world in a better way. Um, conspiracies. Uh, I've naturally always been a conspiracy theorist. And, and what I mean by that is from the time I was a little kid, man, I, it was, the question was always why, why, why? Right. And, you know, I, I laugh Just about questioning my, reality, right? everything, yeah. fucking everything, man. And I used to drive my mom nuts and, you know, my, my least favorite words ever from my parents were because I said so. Like that's bullshit, man. Yeah. Um, but I now as a father, I also say the same thing oh. as, as I have a little me going, why, why, why? Um, but that, that for me, that was just, it was naturally I always wanted to question the narrative on, on whether or not why I couldn't have ice cream at, you know, 1030 at night, or I had to go to school. I still and, ask um, that. Yeah. For sure. So as you know, time goes by, um, for me, it's just kind of, it's, it's big picture stuff. It's, you know, it's funny, man, you know, listening to you on, um, Sam Tripoli, which that was awesome. Uh, you guys covered so much stuff and, uh, I just want to commend you for that and then just say great job, really got to enjoy that. And it's just, it's awesome to have a friend, uh, you know, be on a platform like that and well-earned because you work your ass off. But when I was listening to you guys talk, man, I was, I was kind of laughing to myself, because I remember first hearing the 9-11 narrative being questioned. And I got to tell you, I refused to entertain that thought. Outright refused. Wouldn't even consider it. Can you, like, you kind of explain why? I, I think I, I, have I, I will. I will. Okay. It, to me, right at that point, call it naivety, um, you know, but as young, a young teenager yeah. that literally the idea that our government would sacrifice thousands of lives yeah willingly right to me at that point in my understanding of what role government played or what they were supposed to do for for we the people i wouldn't like i was the person going you're fucking full of shit like you're crazy to think that would ever happen no no but look at this building it collapsed no 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 you're you, how dare you right almost to the point of being defensive about it um you're, you weren't alone and it's yeah i mean uh, genuinely and, it's and i amazing. couldn't blame you guys either for acting for reacting that way because that's kind of what the point i guess what's well, denial like, right i don't want to believe that i wouldn't either you know, yeah it's it's <laughs> you know it's like when um you know, when, when serial killers get exposed and they talk to their mom and dad, their mom and dad's like, there's no way, right? right. There's no, that couldn't be. That's um, a good, that's a good correlation. Yeah. You know, they're like, but I, I loved him and he was supposed to be good and we did the right stuff. And, you know, and you would think that that's but what he, the government's he, supposed to do. But he carved up a hundred people and ate them. Like, yeah. What the hell? Smashed I hugged him enough. Yeah, yeah. You know, like what did I do wrong? So right. yeah, to me, man, it was weird, but you know, and, and moving forward, you know, one of the, one of the biggest influences for me and in, in questioning the narrative of everything uh, was 100% Glenn Beck, man. And, you know, I know a lot of people fall on, on different sides with Glenn Beck, but I got to tell you, um, you know, th there's some stuff that he's done that is just moronic and fucking stupid and, and embarrassing. Like when he covered his face in Cheeto dust when Trump was running, I mean, he looked like an idiot. Um, but I got to tell you, <laughs> Glenn Beck's research team, and his chalkboard work chalkboard, I remember that. is fucking astounding. 
And I listen to Beck every single day. And just listening to him question the narrative, uh, I would say that that's really, really, really what got me into it. You know, I'd listen to Beck, and then on the way home in the middle of the night, I'd listen to George Nori, coast to coast. Yeah. And, um, you know, so those were that was kind of my combination of what I listened to every single day for me to start to go, man, I don't think anything is what it seems. What and, was the turning um, point for 9-11 for you uh, in terms of how it probably – actually went down you know it's i would say the money trail um starting to look at the uh the motivation of the military industrial complex and what would be the reasoning behind them um staging that attack and and from a financial standpoint and how much revenue could be generated from fucking war machines and weaponry um, you know, and then just relationships with the Saudis. And then also the fact that when every plane was grounded on the planet, that the Saudis were flown out, um, the Bin you know, Laden family too. Yeah, man. Yeah. And, and then also going all the way back to the fact that, you know, we funded and trained Al Qaeda, you know, and, and when you start to, so for me, it was really an educational process was, you know, once you start to see where all these chips fall, it's like, holy shit, man, there's, so then now I'm on the 180% opposite side going. There's no way you can question that this was done by us and completely staged. Right. Um, so for me, I, I think that was genuinely the biggest one, man. That's really what the turning point was for me. And um, in understanding that and, and learning just about that, that event in itself. And, and then naturally, then you start to learn about the other stuff like Operation Paperclip and how, you know, everybody was bidding on fucking Nazis. Yeah. You know, people that committed crimes against humanity and we brought them over to work for the NASA system and, you know, the Gulf of Tonkin and and then just all the terrible shit that they did to our military and, and yeah. unknowingly experimenting on people and the Tuskegee experiment. Agent so, Orange. Yeah, yeah, man. So for me and MK Ultra and then so for me, I have just this voracious appetite for knowledge, right? And, and one of my, I would say, best attributes, which is also one of my worst attributes, is I am obsessive about things. And when I find this topic that I, I need to know about, I, I'm going to learn everything that I possibly can. Um, so I, I read every book I can an article and vi watch every video. And, you know, the only thing I wish I had is, uh, you know, NVU. And number six, man, and, and that's why I love having you guys as partners and peers and friends is the retention that you guys have is fucking unbelievable. I don't have that. Uh, you know, I can I'll read it and I'll learn about it and I'll have that understanding of it. But just, uh, you know, the data points and specific facts that you guys are able to retain, man, I just am always so impressed getting to work with both you guys uh, that you have every little finite detail that uh, I, I wish I could hold on to. man. I think you're better off, though. Look at my the size of my head. <laughs> about, that's true boom like scanners eventually <laughs> that's why i feel like uh it's hard for me to stay on track because there's all these other anecdotal things that come up you know i'm talking about a you know a certain thing but um what would you say did you ever this might sound kind of goofy to some people but when you start questioning the you know our reality did you ever go into down the rabbit hole with things like the moon landing or flat earth or hollow earth or anything? Oh like man, here's what's interesting. Um, I gotta be honest with you. Uh, this is more recent for me. Um, the moon it, one is for me too. All yeah. of it. 
all of it, just, you know, the space in general and, you know, the moon landing. And, and now there's so many debunking videos of just all every NASA video that's ever been put out uh, of them supposedly being in the space station, uh, without gravity. And I mean, these people pick it apart and there's just fucking mistakes there. Um, so at this point, um, you know, what's funny is my brother, you know, my brother like it would jokingly talk about flat earth and the firmament or domed earth, right? Yeah. And I'm like, come on, dude. And he just kept sending me shit, kept sending me stuff over and over and over. And then I start to look at it. And, um, you know, and then he sends me where there's the reference in the Bible about the firmament. And I'm like, hmm, which that's a whole different conversation of, right, where right. The, the Bible's derived from and, you know, whether or not that's authentic or accurate. And UFOs, they claim, are in the Bible, too. Yeah, I mean, that's a whole different a ball yeah. game. Um, but then you start seeing, man, there's, so, so at work a couple months ago, I talked about this on the show. Um, it was the weirdest thing, man. Within uh, like two days, I had two people that were complete strangers that I had a chance to have a conversation with that both looked me dead in the fucking eye and said, oh, yeah, the earth is flat. And one of them was a special forces operative that was in the military for 25 years. And wow. he's like, listen, man, we've traversed the, the globe many, many times. And just so you know, uh, it's not a globe, <laughs> just to be well, clear. Um, and coming I mean, from he, him, that... that- it has a different uh this guy wasn't you know he wasn't off the reservation he wasn't talking crazy shit he looked at me dead in the fucking eyes and just said haven't you ever looked at like the nato flag or the the who flag right right, right. where it's essentially the globe flattened out he goes why do you think that is he goes man that's that's the earth wow and um you know it was such a weird thing to have these two people look at me again dead in the eye and and you know we didn't get to that conversation talking about lizard people right. and uh that was what blew me away and i got to tell you man it's in looking at all the the different videos and information on nasa and the space race and all of this stuff uh i got to tell you man i'm starting to be swayed a little bit and the scary part is I'm not saying it's it's a dome earth or a flat earth or a hollow earth. I'm, right. I'm saying I don't have any fucking idea, but at this I, point, I don't really believe any particular thing. I don't either. Yeah, you know? I'm with you. I don't know. Because I... I um, but you're scaring me right now because uh, you really, you 100% really believe this guy. I, I, did, he had so, no reason to bullshit you. So what I do for a living... Well, um, I don't, you don't have to... No, no, I, I won't. I won't. But I communicate with people. Right. So, you know, I, in my lifetime and in my career, and I'm not talking about establishing friendships with people, but I'm talking about having an intimate conversation with tens of thousands of people. Right. right? That's just, it's, it's part of what I do for a living. And one of the things that I've learned very early on in my life and in my career is you have to be able to read a conversation and what I do. Right. Um, because it's, it's, it's a negotiation. So, and I'll leave it at that. So you have to be able to read people. And one of the things that I'm very, very good at is knowing when somebody's full of shit. That's I am an expert level bullshit detector. And I know when somebody's bullshitting me and when somebody looks me dead in the eye, right. And his wife sits there and just kind of gives a nod and says, just to be clear, it is not a globe. Right. That's a fact. And that is a common known fact, especially in the military with pilots. I got chills right now. But I it's never... funny. 
so one of the other, so now I start looking in all the shit, right? Right. So, I mean, we're, let's go down this rabbit hole. So one of the things, water. Okay. Yeah. When you put water into any container, it doesn't matter what's in the container or the shape of the container. The water always goes to what on the top? Right. Flat. It's always flat. It's flat. Yeah. So if I take a glass of water or a glass and I stick a baseball in that glass and I pour water in, so that water is just over the top of the baseball, is that water going to take the, a curvature? No. No, not it's not. So when we're under that, we'll call it guise of, let's say that it's a globe and it's a completely spherical object. And right. you're telling me that the water now simply takes curvature, which is something that the water does in no other capacity in the world and no other science experiment. That's impossible. Right. And then, right. you know, another one, and this is just something that's kind of funny to think about. Right. So, uh, because I was talking to a couple, a couple girls that I know well, and I said, Hey, let me blow your mind for a second. You know, and we were just kind of joking around and, um, and we were good friends. Right. So I go, I'm going to show you how dinosaurs weren't real, never existed. Fossil fuels are bullshit and that idea. And the earth is not round. Peak oil. Yeah. Right. So what I said, um, what I said to her, I said, all right, so let's talk about the earth part. And I told her the water part and I go, okay, let's go through a second scenario. Are you ready for this one? She goes, yeah. I go, all right, let's say we're going to take a long flight. Okay. It's going to be a round trip flight and we're going to go exactly horizontal to the equator. Okay. Yeah. So what we're going to do is we're just going to take a round trip flight. Very simple. Let me ask you this. Should the time of that flight be much less when we're flying in the opposite direction of the earth spinning on its axis. Right, it should. And she's like, you can't do this to me right now. I go, oh, <laughs> I'm just asking you. All I'm asking you is if we take a flight that's, let's say it's a, you know, a, a 5,000 mile flight, because I lived in Hawaii, so I use Hawaii as an example, right? So let's yeah. say we're flying from Hawaii to Houston, Texas, or to the East Coast somewhere. Shouldn't it be a much faster flight flying in the opposite direction of the earth spinning should be and you know, listen somebody out there may be able to say no that's bullshit let me explain why it's it, okay but when i think I, I like to think of things in a very simple manner right because what i find is usually solving problems is always yeah. done most effectively in the simplest manner without overcomplicating things so um so yeah man I, I don't know what it is uh but but what i certainly know is when you read a lot about the moon landing and the technology and um you know camera equipment and just all of it it just doesn't make any sense like who filmed them leaving the moon it, yeah. yeah yeah and just the the definition of that and just all of it man it's just it's all staged you, you have to put the the camera into focus too right of yeah. course. Back then, yeah. There's no autofocus shit back then. Right. And it, supposedly it was on their chest, right? The camera. Oh, yeah, of course. Like a but GoPro. What were they wearing? What were they wearing? Uh giant space gloves that would prevent them from dying. <laughs> right. right. And are you telling me they're gonna be able to put it into focus like perfect and everything with that's it's just it's so unlikely. I don't know, man. You know, and then you hear shit of like how the moon is actually plasma and I don't know. I don't know what it is. I haven't you know, heard that one, but I've heard Dave, that recently, man. The Dave, moon might be plasma. Dave McGowan, uh, a guy that I, I really respect his work. He passed away. Well, I think he 
got killed. Um, he wrote a whole series of articles that were really humorous and they really make you rethink the uh, moon landing. It was wagging the moon doggy by Dave McGowan. <laughs> I've heard you reference that before. It is fantastic. Cause he goes into what I just said, like about the, the thick ass uh, winter gloves almost like in the perfect uh, photography and, and just the, the astronauts really dour, dire demeanor when they were doing press conferences for uh, when they got home for supposedly doing like the uh, greatest achievement in mankind. They look like they had a gun to their yeah. heads off, off stage. Yeah. Very <laughs> strange. What about the, um, what was that? The, which one is the mission that exploded? Apollo 13. Yeah. Apollo 13 and how all of the people on there apparently had identical twins. <laughs> were yeah. professors and i mean guys look it up like i mean doppelgangers it's fucking insane <laughs> yeah like oh they just so happen all have identical twins and here this one's a professor here and this one does this here yeah. it's pretty wild so well, let's all right so let's go back to the moon thing for a second yeah all right because i mean i have an idea of what i think it is um but if they weren't really going to do it what was the point of the whole entire staging it right was it just to to keep us us dum-dums in, uh, in as believers right Right. Oh yeah, yeah, that thing up there's the moon, and sure they do. We gotta beat Russia. Yeah. Oh, oh, the fucking space race, money, money, money. Yeah. Isn't all, but it's odd because it's like, okay, well, let's say that you know, space and in uh, the Earth is not what we've always been taught that it is. Um. Well, then, what's up with Elon Musk and SpaceX right. and all of that shit? You know, what's the point of all of that? Or, yeah. you know, are we in a situation where they can do like, um. Uh, what do they call it? Low, low orbit oh, uh, yeah. satellites. I mean, is that something that's possible? Right. I just don't know, man. It's just hard because the more that we learn about how much we've been lied to about basically everything. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, question. So, yeah it's, it's not even question. It's I, I just, I am incapable of believing anything. Fuck. Yeah. I barely believe the stuff I believe. If that makes sense. Right, right. You know, because things like nine eleven and you know even the lockdowns and everything, it kind of makes you rethink a lot. Dude, of it. all of it, even going down to the concept, it, you know, the concept of the American dream was a marketing ploy. Yeah. Right. And what it was was it was to get people um, looped into long term mortgages, yeah. and then once they're into that, they need a secure job. Right. So it basically turns them into indentured servants to their employer. They're less likely to move somewhere else. They're less likely to start their businesses or take risks. It's all a fucking sham. Right. Yeah. The whole entire women's empowerment movement that wasn't to empower women. That was to saddle women with 40 hour a week careers and for them to now have two people in household paying taxes. And Gloria Steinem was a big uh, part of that. Right. As a CIA. Yeah. Asset. Yes. It was all a fucking marketing scam. Yeah. So even just simple concepts like that, which hey man, I believe in women's empowerment, have the careers, too. all that stuff, yeah. you know. But but don't don't get it fucking twisted on where right. that all came from. That wasn't yeah. to do women any favors, man. You know yeah. that was to hurt the the nuclear family. <laughs> and that's the shitty part of it. Well, yeah. Then you had uh, what was it, Alachki kids, like throughout yeah. the seventies. I was 80s. one, man. Yeah, man. You know, I fucking walked home from school, let myself in the house, fed myself, and you know, both my mom and dad worked full time jobs, and you yeah. know, God bless them and, and thank them for that and doing what they had to do to support us. But yeah, man, that's why you know, for me, my wife stays at home with our daughter, and and that was incredibly fucking important. So that's a great thing. You know, let me break that social norm of, you know, she needs to be an, an, you know, a businesswoman. No, I mean, 
Dude, the biggest blessing in the world I could have is to have her be a full-time mom with my daughter. Yeah. I couldn't yeah. ask for anything more than that. You know, yeah. thank God that we're able to do that. But I know most people aren't able to do that, especially these days, man. The economy, it's just a fucking mess. Yeah. And so, uh, apparently most, uh, from what I've read, and I could be very wrong, but for the most part, women don't really want to have children. Anymore. Well, you look at the populations in places like Japan, right? Okay. What's unique is it's, uh, you know, socially it's not accepted anymore and they're pushing women more and more and more, um, to, to, it's all about their career and their success and their career. And I got to tell you, man, the, the most rewarding thing that I have ever, ever, ever accomplished in my life is being a parent. Yeah. Genuinely. I mean, having a little person that you have a chance to influence and mold and, and just watch get just grow and get smarter every single day. It's the biggest blessing in, that, that exists in this world, in my opinion. Anyway, it's fucking hard, right? It's not easy. It yeah. isn't like, hey, have a kid. Everything's going to be amazing. It is fucking brutally hard, but it teaches you a lot about yourself, man. And you know, um, something you know, that I was hoping to uh, accomplish at some point. Yeah. Well, and, and, and you, you can, maybe you will. Right. And, and it's just one of those things where, you know, people get coerced out of this and, and it's amazing because um, it, it's so important now for people to be selfish. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, I and when I look at it, it's um, it, it makes me sad because being a parent, if you want to be a good parent, you have to be selfless. Right. It's not about you anymore. No. Right. And that's, that's the hard part about having a kid is like, fuck man, if I just want to go do something, I just did it. But yeah. now I have to plan it strategically and take into consideration this part and this part. Um, but it's an amazing thing, man. It's just, it's a whole different purpose, um, which is incredible. So for me, it's, it's so fucking sad to see, uh, you know, we'll call it society, um, culture, you know, yeah. pushing, pushing people away from that idea. Right. So now everything is instant gratification. Now everything is, um, you know, Tinder and swipe right and hookups and, you know, fucking around with people, but not really having meaningful relationships. And, you know, and, and that's a whole different conversation with just the yeah. pressure from social media, um, you know, on, on what, what really having a quality of life is and, uh, the way it's portrayed on there is just not in fact fucking real. You know, it's not going out and getting fucking drunk and, you know, having Mai Tais every night or martinis and going to the club and, um, you know, renting the Airbnb here. It's it's just there's not a whole lot of purpose or really not a whole lot of meat behind that. Um, right. It's unfortunate because it's just it's these fleeting moments, right, where people are just trying to impress each other. But at the end of the day, none of that matters. There's no intrinsic value that comes with that. Doesn't fucking mean anything. You know, I had this conversation with a guy that, that I'm friends with and, you know, he's all about the nicest cars and the nicest suits and the most expensive watches. And, and I go, brother, I got news for you. That means nothing, nothing because the people that that impresses, which is your goal, they mean nothing. You don't because, want them in your life. <laughs> no, yeah. man, because it's just one big cyclical fucking shit show of people trying to peacock in front of each other, but it doesn't. It's a bigger dick thing. It, yeah. It, yeah. And it doesn't, there's nothing to gain from that. It's fucking gross, man. I told him, I'm like, dude, fucking how good of a dad are you? When's the last time you called your mom? Right. Impress me, motherfucker. <laughs> like, do you do good things for people without telling somebody else or expecting anything in return? Do you push the yeah. fucking shopping cart back and put it in the corral, even though it wasn't yours? Do you hold the fucking door for the old lady? Yeah. Like, dude, that's your value. That's your worth in this world. It's not the fucking fact that you drive a new Tesla and have a $30,000 watch. That doesn't mean dick. 
And if you think that that's to attract the opposite sex, I'm telling you right now, if that's what appeals to a woman, that ain't a fucking woman you want because it's a never ending cycle. Right. Enough will never be enough. You're yeah. a fucking showpiece. It's like, you know, women that wear Louboutin shoes and you have to see the red bottoms. Well, it doesn't fucking mean anything, but that you're stupid and spent thousands of dollars on a pair of fucking shoes. That means nothing. <laughs> you're right? skipping a puddle I mean, anyway. Nah, yeah. man, it's just this fucking consumerism, right? Where they keep everybody hooked. And instead of having families or investing in yourself or starting a business, it's just buy and press, buy and press, buy and press, buy and press. Fuck that, Wait, man. Waste That's of time. Life. That's not fucking real living, man. It is. Waste of time, money, your investment in your fucking life, man. How many hours of your life did you have to dedicate to work to pay for the shit that try to impress people that don't fucking matter? Fuck that, man. It's a broken fucking culture, dude. Colossal waste. So I love watching, like, I love watching shows where they go into, like, that fucking Australian outback with the Aborigines, the tribes in Central America. You know, in the African tribes, I love that shit because for me, that's always a reminder of what matters most in life, right? Yeah. And what it comes down to is you see these people that have nothing. You see these people that have to forage and hunt to survival. be able to eat, right? Pure, real, true fucking survival. Yeah. Not, oh shit, my fucking, I can't get this thing same day from Amazon Prime. It's not going <laughs> to get here till tomorrow with our first world bullshit fucking problems. Yeah. Weak-minded, lazy fucks, man. My, my back stretcher's not in yet. Yeah, oh, do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's fucking crazy. So, but I, you know, I, I love watching that shit because you see what really, so it, as a human, what matters and what has value? Well, all of these fucking tribes everywhere, regardless of where they are, there's always this communal point where they get together, they break bread and they laugh, right? They make each other laugh. They tell stories and it's that human element. It's all about experience and communication and always feel bad for anybody. It's like, Oh man, what's the meaning of life? Man, fuck man. That's like the ultimate question of the universe. I think you're a fucking idiot. If you don't know what that is, right? It's experience. It is bonding with people that you love and care about. It's laughing with friends. Right. It's telling a good fucking story, man, you know, and teaching somebody else to tell that story. That's the meaning of life. That's the purpose of all of it. I always thought it was like banking uh, some decent memories to look back on. What what has more value? You can lose everything else. And I can lose everything. (laughs) Right. But you, but you, but you, Chris, you have so much fucking value. Because of your knowledge, because of your memories, right? You're an incredible resource. So that's the thing is what some people consider valuable. I feel like people that really fucking get it, understand and recognize truly what's valuable, right? right? And so uh, to me, again, it's not, it's funny watching this whole shit show with Steven Crowder and, and, um, and Daily Wire and Ben Shapiro. And, you know, these people are all, it's just this, you know, this, this big dick measuring contest of $50 million and $140 million. And, you know, but then you start to hear about how these guys are fucking assholes on the back end. And I'm like, gosh, man, there's not a whole lot of value there. It's, it's all show, no go. You know what I mean? A lot of pieces of shit. Yeah, Yeah, man. It's unfortunate. It's unfortunate. So anyway, no, that that was, that was awesome, man. Yeah. Sorry. I know that was a completely off topic. Fucking people need to hear that kind of thing. Now, you know, man, sometimes one thing about me and, you know, where I think uh, number six and I really balance each other out well on the show is uh, I'm obviously a very passionate person. And when I get get going, I get going. Right. And, uh, you know, and and he does, too. But he also has that knowledge and is able to keep us grounded. So sometimes I just like to fucking start spewing, man. I just get in the zone. 
That's that's all. It's our flow state. AutoZone. So going back um, to another thing, what got you interested in uh, the harder rock and roll and the heavy metal? And and how does that lead up to you meeting Six? Uh, (laughs) Uh, That would be being a frustrated, angry young man. Um, it's, uh, it's, it's funny for me, man. Uh, you know, you would call it uh, ADD, ADHD, uh, as a, as a kid, as a young man, man, I was just fucking balls to the wall nonstop, had to put my energy somewhere and that always didn't, uh, necessarily translate to somewhere positive. And, um, for me, I always enjoyed music. You know, my dad, he always had a guitar in the house. My dad always liked music. His friends always, you know, played music. So, you know, they'd be there fucking drinking beers and and playing guitars. Um, so that was naturally something I always enjoyed. And, um, I just, I like the energy of it. I like what music accomplishes in a crowd. So one of my favorite things in the world to this day is to go to a concert and the first note that gets played, I, I get chills every single time because I, I feel the collective energy in a room go up. It's a very amazing experience for sure. Like when so, the, ex- when the ecstasy of gold starts coming on a, during a Metallica concert at the very beginning, <laughs> it's like, everyone's like, Oh, they're coming on they're coming on. It's yeah, man. You can just like feel it. It fucking gets electric. Um, yeah. So, yeah, so, you know, I, I was listening to typical early 90s music and, like, fucking Limp Biscuit and stuff like that and, you know, what we considered, you know, or what I thought was, like, hard rock and, you know, couldn't get it. $3 bill, y'all. Dude, and fucking corn. You know, I love listening to corn. And, um, yeah. and I had a cousin, and uh, I really liked her boyfriend. And, and my older cousin, she kind of lived with us off and on. And her boyfriend was really cool. Um, and her boyfriend always wore like fucking goth pants and, and painted his fingernails. And he was like really into Marilyn Manson. Oh, yeah. And uh, and it was interesting because like that got me into starting to kind of go down that road of like that darker shit than the be- corn. Be- the beautiful and, people. Yeah. The beautiful people. The beautiful the people. people. All uh, relative to the size of your Still people. like that song. Um, Me too. So, yeah, man. So, you know, I got into that, and then there was kind of a, a natural uh, transition. And, you know, and then as, as I was getting a little bit older in those years, I uh, started listening to, like, Thursday and Thrice. Um, and then I remember listening to, uh, there's, there's two things that really got me into heavier music. And one of them was from autumn to ashes. And, uh, I actually think they're from up in your area. I think uh, so. so from autumn to ashes, uh, let me see here. So yeah. there's an we, intro. We, we had Godsmack. We had, uh, you know, um, dropkick Murphy's. Yeah. Yeah, so, you know, from Autumn to Ashes, there is a uh, an, an intro on one of their records that is just so fucking heavy and ridiculous that I remember it just blew my mind. Um, and it was just, it was amazing. And I'm like, my God, like, uh, I think it's Cape Side Rock, I believe. Um, but it is just, it's so fucking heavy. And I was like, dude, what what is this and where can I find more? <laughs> Right, because in general they weren't a super super heavy band, 
Um, and then I was, I've always really been into CDs and DVDs and music documentaries. And, you know, we used to go around to, uh, there was a chain of like used record CDs, video stores, uh, where I came from, um, where I'm from originally. And then there was another big place that like had a lot of metal and goth and uh, thrash and a lot of cool shit there. And I used to just collect, man. I used to love them and love them and love them. And I remember I bought a compilation DVD and, um, and on that DVD was the band darkest hour. And Mm. it was their video for Oklahoma, which is basically them inside a cargo van lighting off fireworks. (laughs) And Oklahoma is so fucking heavy. Um, darkest hour back then was so fucking heavy. And uh, I remember going to see Darkest Hour and they played this really weird show where it was some type of fundraiser show for, I don't know, some global initiative bullshit. Who knows what it was, right? Um, So it was weird. There was like people there playing acoustic sets, like singer songwriters. And then then that that took me into seeing them play with Dillinger Escape Plan. Oh, wow. And uh, the Dillinger Escape Plan is still one of my all-time favorite bands. And uh, I really did enjoy jazz at that time in my life, too. So, you know, that got me into, um, you know, math metal, math core, just really, really heavy technical shit. It just kind of went from there, man. But for me, I've always liked to work out, um, you know, be athletic. And that music was always uh, really beneficial to me in the gym, man. You know, there's just a couple of couple records that I can put on or a couple songs. You know, I, I can put the red cord on and that will immediately raise my output by 20 percent because it's so fucking heavy and it just moves me, man. It's uh, it's amazing. Did, did you ever get into Children of Badam? Uh, you know, I, I was never a huge fan of the epic um, European stuff. Okay. Like I've listened to him, I've seen him, I've seen him a bunch. Just uh, the guitar work and everything. I'm like, yeah, Alexi wow. Leho, man, is uh, interesting, incredible. So I've always, you know, I I barely play guitar. You know, I, I'm one of the few people that have been playing guitar for 25 years, and I'm fucking terrible at it. Me too. Um, <laughs> but I've always appreciated that, man. But yeah, Alexi Leho from Children of Bodom, and uh, just a lot of those guys are just fucking shredders. And you know, that's one of the things that I always loved about uh, the Dillinger Escape Plan. And if you guys are not familiar. Uh, I can only recommend so much to watch some live videos. So their guitar player, Ben Weinman, uh, would blew me away from the first time seeing those guys as Ben Weinman would literally be doing aerobatic shit um, while he was playing super technical jazz influenced metal lead parts. I'm talking about jumping off 15 foot high stacks. Uh, I've watched him walk around the whole venue, fucking hanging from one arm while doing hammer ons and pull offs on his guitar. Uh, just incredible shit, man. That's that live music element. Just you never, saw, you never saw Creed doing that type of thing, you know? With arms wide open, yeah, with legs wide open. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Scott Stapp likes to get fucked up. Yeah, he, oh, he's Scott kind Stapp. of a, he's kind of a jerk, but uh. Did you ever get into the the old old school thing like me? Uh, the the big four with thrash. God, I don't even know if I want to talk about this. Why is it a bad thing? Or yeah, it's that's oh, you people know people aren't going to like this part. Uh, well, you know what? <laughs> that's America, right? Um, but. One thing you guys know about me, if you have ever listened to our show, is I'm very honest about everything. Yeah. Uh, the answer is no, because I don't fucking really care for the bands. <laughs> that's fair. I no, just that's fair. don't. 
I don't care for him, man. It's just, um, you know, I, it's funny because a buddy of mine sent me the new Metallica video that came out. And I'm like, this is so fucking horrible. Well, um, yeah, I got in trouble. Like, uh, I was a Metallica fan when you weren't supposed to be during the Napster years and saying anger and all that. Um, but I you know what, man, like, it's, So here's the deal. Um, going back to the, you know, the Black Album, Ride the Lightning, like, that shit, dude, there's some... Like what's that song trapped under ice? Like trapped I love under that song, ice dude. Is one of my favorite. Song. That's a good fucking song. Yeah. So going like it's just it's interesting because there are some songs that I really like about those guys. I do like the old Metallica shit, but Me once we got past like the 1980s, I couldn't give a fuck. You you're um, not alone in that either. Yeah, like a lot of people are. A lot of people uh, I, that I actually got to know I didn't like anything past Kill 'Em All, their first album. So. Yeah, you know, and it's it's funny because um, you normally talk about how what Pantera belongs in that group. I throw them in there just because, yeah, I feel like that. But they they were kind of glam metal in the in the late '80s, so they really don't belong in that group. No, it's it's weird because it's like you know, uh, Megadeth sonically is really good, but I just do not fucking like Dave Mustaine's vocals. A lot of people, Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And like, this is another big one is like, dude, people just never, cause I love heavy fucking music and have played in very heavy bands and, you know, yeah. did vocals for a lot of years and that shit. But uh, dude, I just was never a Slayer fan. And I think part of it is, um, I don't, I don't love all the satanic shit. Right. You know what I mean? I, I, I don't, I don't like those visuals. I don't like all the six, six, six shit, the pentagram stuff. And that just turns me off. And I know that's, it's that, kind of that for uh, me as a kid. That was more like, yeah, it's cool, because it, it, in a goofy kind of cartoonish way. But then when you you get a little bit older, you see that you know you look into like what some of this this stuff is like with the the child trafficking stuff gets like mixed in, and it's like what? Like yeah. I was just talking about like dragons and like heavy metal imagery from back then. Yeah, man. And look, I get it. Like I, I get the symbolism, and it's dark and it's edgy and rebellious. All yeah, yeah. fuck bit... the world, but <clears throat> yeah. But I don't like it. <laughs> you know, yeah, that's fine. Yeah. Um, yeah, not into it, and, and it doesn't mean musically they're not good. And you know, and I, right. I like I like Carrie King, and yeah. um, you know, even with Pantera, it's funny because I like a lot of bands that Pantera influenced. Um, right. like a Life Once Lost, I fucking love those guys, and you know, they're that that twangy Southern. You know, even Norma Jean has kind of that Southern twang going on yeah. with it. Um, Shadows Fall, Hatebreed. Yeah, well, you know, I, I never liked Hatebreed, man. I just, um, you know, we used to always laugh, uh, you know, at, at number six, myself and one of our other best friends, as we'd always laugh, like my family, <laughs> we would always <laughs> say that to each other, um, the, the harder emo, oh, my maybe. friends and my family, you know, because it's like every song was just fucking repeat of the last one. Uh, I found that it lacks originality, but Hey man, that Jamie Joss has made a f- extraordinary fucking career. And it's funny, dude, with Pantera. Theorist too, apparently he's been on tinfoil hat. I found oh, out. Really? Yeah. So here's the thing about Pantera. And I mean, if you guys want to fight, that's fine. We can do that. I'd rather <laughs> not, but I'm just going to say it. Um, I never fucking like Pantera fans. Like all the, oh, fucking, the fans. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, just like all the guys that I went to school with that were Pantera fans, they were just all fucking scumbags, man. Well, there were a lot of Slayer fans that were like carving swastikas into their. Oh yeah, for sure. And then the band is like, "We're not about that," you know. It's like, 
And it's just uh, like I remember going to Ozfest where uh, Pantera was playing and and just like drunken groups of fucking redneck dudes like I will fucking fight you if you say Pantera is not the biggest best band of all time. Like I specifically remember this happening. This guy's fucking harassing people like say it. I will fight you right now. Fucking say Pantera is not the best band of all time. So for me, that always just kind of resonates with me like. I like Pantera, and I wouldn't have even said that. (laughs) It's, I mean, dude, fucking Dimebag was awesome. Vinnie Paul's a great drummer. Like, um, was it Rex Brown? I like those guys. You know what I mean? And then you um, had Mr. Anselmo. Phil Anselmo. What's interesting is uh, they just released the tour dates for Pantera and Lamb of God. I know, but Um, I I can't have the same stance as like with Alice. It's like Leonard Skinner. Alice and Chains. Yeah. Lane Staley's dead. So that's a cover band now. But is it different because Phil's still alive? Oh, well, Phil, because of the being the singer and all. Now you're right. Yeah, but yeah, I'm, I, I'm I not saying it is. I'm asking. No, no, no. Him. But I always felt like, it, I guess you could say Phil and Dimebag were kind of the, uh, of course, the icons of the band, the imagery or whatever you want, the logo for the. Oh, I think yeah, more dude. Dimebag, though. I feel oh, like dude, was, Dime with his his guitar shape. Absolutely, yeah. his fucking red goatee and like with Robert Plant, things. like doesn't get as much credit as like Jimmy Page. I feel like for Led Zeppelin, oh, I can. No, I would agree. Yeah. I don't know. It's just funny. I always laugh about Leonard Skinner. Yeah, like me and my brother always laugh. Like, well, first they had Donnie Van Zant, then Johnny Van Zant, then Ronnie Van Zant, then. <laughs> right? right, they did. I'm like, holy fuck, what Van Zant are they on at this point? And you yeah, know, they were supposed to. Like, they had their their agreement that if it wasn't at least two or three i can't remember what the number is original band yeah, members they, they would stop playing yeah but that's it, not the case and, yeah there's like one right <laughs> or not uh, even. i don't even think there's one anymore wow i went to see the four tops <clears throat> in the four in the uh, four seasons right oh, nice. and it was the weirdest situation right because there was only one original member of the both groups it was like in the sons of the other three guys that are passed away. And it was like the same story for both bands or mm-hmm. groups. And it was just weird. But it was it was cool just to be able to say, hey, I saw <laughs> at least one of the original members of the Four Tops and the Four Seasons playing in the same. Uh, you, you know, what's really funny about that is uh goes back to number six and I meeting. Yes, uh, yes. One of the first bands that I was ever in, our drummer loved the Four Tops. Oh yeah, and we at that point we're all like, you know, fucking sixteen year old metal freaks. Oh and yeah, we're yeah. like, what the fuck is the four tops, man? Yeah, I got a special place in my heart for like all that stuff. Like, he's like, Brit- yeah, man, got like some soul. Motown, the British Invasion, uh, Southern Rock. Like, I like uh, just about everything, you know. Yeah, I like Motorhead, I like Lemmy, man. Motorhead too. I got to uh, be in the same room with him once. That's awesome. On the Rainbow Room, yeah, the Rainbow oh, Bar. Too. Yeah, so anyway. Um, Not to be so, confused with the, the rainbow bar you currently go to. Oh, <laughs> oh that's the rainbow club. My that's, apologies. That's the Skittle spa. <laughs> no, um, so do you still play music? And um, so, um, would you go back to playing music? If- I love playing music, man. I miss it. I, I miss playing live music. So, um, you know, metal bands for a long time. What um, were some of the names? Uh, or can you? Well, you this is uncensored. You can go off or... Yeah, I'm not going to get into that. Obviously, okay. um, yeah, you guys know that. You know, obviously, number six and I use aliases on the show. Oh, I didn't even mean so. that. Yeah, no, yeah. Okay, okay. no worries, right. no worries. I got you. But no, man, we um, what you know, lots of metal bands. Uh, actually, number six and I, we did a bluegrass album. 
Really? <laughs> so, yeah, we did. We did a we recorded a self-recorded DIY. We all learned how to play bluegrass and did a bluegrass record and recorded it at my house wow. uh, with my brother and another one of our best friends. Um, you know, these days, uh, is there one type of thing that you would still like to record that you haven't yet? Um, you know, these days it's more just me with my acoustic guitar writing singer songwriter songs kind of americana stuff like a johnny cash thing yeah and i don't you know i record it sometimes i don't know if it's anything that i'll ever really uh work with but did i I really miss playing metal um i'd love to do another metal album for sure uh so you know i I got a h-string multi or a fan fret multi-scale guitar that i bang around on every once in a while and um number six and i talk about doing some stuff and just kind of recording remotely and well, we uh, have the we have the uh the, the piss whistles coming up right uh, i mean i'm i'm very excited about our new project called the uh massachusetts piss whistles <laughs> <laughs> Some with our exciting. first album i think i stepped in something fierce mm-hmm. that's right right uh anyway, it should sorry. be fun but i digress <laughs> or digest. uh but no man it's uh you know it's just one of those things where as you get older and you know i'm pretty settled into my career it's you know and my dream was always to to tour the globe and do that um but what's wild now is you start to see the toll that that's taken on bands that kind of were coming up the same time we were playing. Yeah. And these guys did what we'll, we'll call it make it. And um, it's, it's not reality. Yeah. yeah. I mean, when you are traveling the world and don't really have a home and a family or a career. You're not um, really seeing things either. You're just going from the venue to venue. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, hotels. And it fucks you up, man. You know, because then you, you realize like uh, one of the bands is Parkway Drive. Because one of the things they did a really good job of is actually the opposite of what you just said, which is when they would tour, they would strategically plan their tours to go and do really cool shit like surfing excursions and snowboarding and, you know, and and going and seeing all these beautiful sites and doing some wild stuff. They did it right. And to me, that was a very envious. I'm like, fuck, that's the way to do it. I want to do that. Um, But those guys recently stopped all activity um, and basically came out and said, hey, you know, like we didn't realize that. 20 years of our life is fucking gone, right? The idea of having families and the pandemic played a big role into that. I mean, you know, all these people that, because the the reality of it is being a touring musician in the genre that number six and I love, there's no money there. You're not making any money. It's like Like, a conspiracy world. (laughs) I mean, yeah. I mean, you're fucking, you're, you're sharing subway sandwiches to be on tour and scraping by. So there's no profit there. You're not fucking, you know, there's no 401k. There's no health insurance. Um, so yeah, so it's just, it's one of those things where it's like, man, it's, uh, would have been cool. Would have been fun. Um, are you kind of glad it it ended up the way it did? Um, you know what, man, it's for me, um, as a father alone, that would probably, no, 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 I, I think so for me, I kind of got to do it in a different way if that makes right. sense. So yeah. for me in my particular industry, um, I have, you were able to travel. Right? I, yeah. Yeah. And, and I've lived in three different islands in Hawaii. I've lived on the West coast. I've lived in Colorado. I've lived in Virginia. Wow. I've lived in Georgia. I've lived in Florida. I've lived in Tennessee. I've in lived in, socket, Rhode Island. uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's exactly right. Um, <laughs> 
but I, I've gotten to see a lot of places for an extended period of time. You know, I got to live in wow. Seattle. I got, you know, um, Vegas. I've been all over the fucking place. So I guess for me, the career path that I chose, uh, I don't know if it was subconscious or a coincidence, but it, it, in essence, gave me the chance to kind of be on tour in my life and, and be a lot of different places. And, you know, before we had my daughter, uh, my wife was always on board. So if it was like, Hey, here's an opportunity and I can make great money. You know, she was always game. Like, let's go. Um, that's always an important thing to have someone that has your back. Yeah. So to me, I'm, I'm very fortunate in that sense. Um, that worked out pretty fucking good, man. I have a pretty good life. That's great. So, yeah. So I just got the tour in a different way. Okay. Well, no, that's, that's beautiful, man. Like uh, they said in the movie clerks, that's beautiful, man. <laughs> no, but uh, all right. I'll just, uh, uh, wrapping up, I'll just ask you, uh, what are some of your goals for the new prisoners podcast or even uh, personal or professional goals that might not have anything to do with uh, the new prisoners podcast? All right. Well, let's start with the show. Um, the, the show's just to help people, man. It's just to support people. Um, you know, when you start to get in our circles and start to, to become educated in what we're educated in, um, life can be pretty fucking grim, right? Yeah. When you start to realize that, damn it, everything around me is a construct. Everything's bullshit. I've been lied to my whole fucking life. Yeah. Um, that's a hard thing to cope with. And it is so fucking important to have a support system or I can see people easily losing their shit, man. And, and yeah. just going into a really fucking dark place and, and a very uh, depressed place and anxious place. So, you know, I, my number one goal anyway, and I won't speak for number six, is just to, to be there for people, to help people, right. to let people know you're not alone. And also there is fucking hope. You know, there's hope. We're here. Yeah. Um, so and that, humor. Humor is a big thing, too. That's another thing, too, man, is you got to laugh about it. As crazy as it is, you got to fucking laugh because that's one of the the absolute beautiful fucking joys, primal joys in life is laughter. And yeah. it's important that we hang on to that. So, you know, that's been something that's important. Um, you know, it's funny if you, if you listen to the first couple episodes of the new prisoners podcast, they're fucking, you guys terrible. are, you guys are like Walter Cronkite, right? They're so, like, dude, they're so dry, bro. It's yeah. like, I mean, yeah, that's exactly what, and now and this in, is in the news. Yeah. You know, and I remember the conversation distinctly with number six. I'm like, dude, we can't do this anymore. This is the fucking defeats of purpose, right? This because us. <laughs> let me, um, let me digress. Let me tell you why we started the fucking show. If that's, that's okay. what I was going to ask. Yeah. yeah too. If that's yeah. all right. That's something that's important. Please do. So, you know, number six and I, we've been friends for a really long time. And, um, it, number six, you know, when you listen to his monologues, um, what's amazing is it, we used to drink a lot of craft beer, <laughs> like and and we would be fucking inebriated and, uh, smoking cigars and he would just go on a rant that was as good as his monologues that he writes now. Wow. And he just had such a way, such a philosophical way of describing things that I've always fucking loved and adored. And that's why he's one of my best friends um, is because there's always that challenge, right? He looked at things from a different approach and different perspective always. Yeah. And it was always important. And, you know, we would laugh about it, but, you know, that's that's why he and, and our mutual friend, we were always such dear friends is because there was always meaning to what we were talking about, right? And yeah, we might be fucking drunk. <laughs> they might be a little stoned, but we still, you know, had these just, 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 
amazing conversations about things, whether it was music. There's a lot of like late nights watching music documentaries, dissecting how these people got to where they were. And, you know, but on the other hand, when it came to politics and things like that, we'd always have those conversations and it was always, you know, we'd laugh so hard. We'd be on the ground pissing our pants because he would also just say the wildest shit that couldn't comprehend how his brain concocted to say that about that person or that thing. And it was so fucking hilarious and so unique and special that, you know, we, we always were like, you have to share this shit with the world, man. You just have such a fucking unique approach. And, um, people need to hear this stuff. Lockdown had a lot to do with it too, right? Oh, big time. That's, that was it. That was the threshold, right? So it was always like, man, you should do a podcast. And, and what was interesting, it was always, you should do a podcast, right? That's what it was. And, um, you know, and we would always laugh about it. And so the lockdown comes, man. And, um, obviously at this point, number six, myself, we're talking on a daily basis about something's wrong here. And we're starting to take a look at the wrong shit and what's going on and fucking pandemic. And, you know, when we knew man, like that something's wrong and, um, and what was cool is, so I'm like beating on him, like, dude, it's this time, it's time, it's time. And, uh, what's interesting is we've never talked about this before. Like number six and I, we've never had this conversation. So whenever, um, whenever a time came where it was finally like, this has to happen, right? Like now more than ever, because we've always shared our opinions with each other about, you know, and it's funny cause I I've gotten to the point where I hate the word conspiracy because it's fucking reality. It's truths, right? Or let's call it speculation. Or let's just call a word it, that was weaponized. Yeah. Uh, I fucking to- hate it. It's just like right now on Twitter, the, the word of the week on Twitter is grifter and everybody, I fucking hate it. So for all of you fucking, um, you know, whether or not you're conservative or in that fucking stop saying grifter, you look like a bunch of fucking idiots copycatting each other. It's fucking stupid and shut up. My apologies. If you listen to the show, you know, I compassion about things. Um, I agree with you going back to, uh, to it. So, you know, the decision gets made like, yeah, it's going to happen. And, um, and it was interesting is as soon as it started to take life or take breath, um, it was from number six standpoint, it was we and our, it was like, all right, so our show and we, and, and I'm like, fuck, let's roll, you know, because for him, like, I just always wanted people to, to hear his brilliance. And, you know, there was always, he would always say something in a way that would just make you fucking think. And for me, I like to think, man, I'm an overthinker and and I like that challenge. So, you know, um, we decided what better day to start the show than September 11th. And that was the, uh, the first episode of the new prisoners, man. Um, you know, while we were still in the, in the midst of the shit show of the pandemic and, and, um, and, and it was interesting because once we started, it's, uh, uh, we both just couldn't get enough and and he does such a great job um just with the communication part of it and you know I, i'm so thankful to him for now having relationships with you and with lisa and with uh with gary and m5 news and uh it's lisa bellinger just a great community of people man and it just i gotta tell you it's it's gotten that much better and that much more enjoyable because with everybody putting their heads together uh i feel like we're all really starting to get to a a very important place um where we're so much more helpful and there's so much more information it's just we have a fucking team now man 
and and that's a cool thing um because having a team and knowing have uh, people having your back it's incredible so so that's how we got to uh to start the show man and um you know goals wise look man and to anybody that does it obviously we'd love to have a massive platform because all that equates to is helping more people um i won't speak for number six but i think i can to a certain extent is this isn't something that we're going hey man you know we want to uh you know we want to be like steven crowder and being able to turn down 50 million dollar contracts hey it'd be fucking great if we could make a living doing this but again that's not why we do it we do it genuinely to help people and ourselves it's cathartic to be able to have these conversations and that's an important thing to do um you know so so for us uh you know i, I want to get our merch store up because we always have fun shit we stay say on the shows and and i think it'd just be really fun to just have some cool t-shirts and maybe some magnets or some stickers so you know that's something that's currently uh in the works right now you know we're working on just legalities of things and llcs and in doing and that whistles and yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, not to be confused with uh, Planet Piss, which was uh, the side project <laughs> Death Clock from Metalocalypse. <laughs> so, right. I don't think um, anyone's going to confuse that, but yeah. Okay. Glad you said that. Um, but no, man, I mean, we just, we want to grow the show. We want to grow the the listener base and um, with people like, you know, Silas Guthier, we've just met great people, man, and, and, and have gotten to have really cool conversations. You know, I enjoyed our conversation the other day with Critical Thought. It's really neat, um, you know, for us to, to meet people that are starting off and growing yeah. and we can all kind of grow together in a really organic way. Yeah. Um, Except for that one lady. That lady sucked. So Which lady? The lady. Oh, yeah. But well, I, dig- I digress. So, <laughs> that lady's a fucking kook. Um, she has a point of view. and uh, No, here's their deal. Right? One of the things I appreciate about our group of people, and I'm not just talking about you, Lisa, Gary, number six. I'm talking about every fucking person that listens, every person that comments and posts and all that shit. Our group of people, they're authentic, and that's what I truly feel. And and when somebody is extremely inauthentic, I get a fucking problem with that. So that's why I say that, and I'll throw out that little fucking jab there. Um, and uh, you know what? I'm not going to fight you on that. <laughs> well, thank you, sir. Uh, you'll only fight me on Chris Cal versus Jesse Ventura. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, man, for the show, uh, that's all. I, I just want it to grow. I want it to grow to help people. Uh, I want people to have somewhere where they can go and fucking go. I'm not crazy because I think that's important. Right. And it's easy right. to think that you're fucking nuts, especially how crazy the world is. And uh, as you go through that discovery process and learning about kind of like I did with 9-11 and you have that moment where you're going, holy shit, this is irrefutable. I was fucking wrong. This is fucking crazy. Well, you know what? You're a big man to be able to admit. Oh yeah, I mean that's do that. You have to have the humility, man. It's so important, and you know it's like Trump, right? So a lot of people are shitting on Trump right now because he will not back off of the fact that he's bragging about the fucking vaccine vaccines, right? And that's that is fucking wrecking him, right? And in my personal opinion, he needs to fucking back off and go, hey man, I thought it was the right thing, right? You know, and turns out I was wrong, but don't double down on that shit. Uh, You know, again, you, you have to be able to admit that you're wrong. So show wise, man, that's pretty much it. Um, personal wise, it's fucking guys. I talk about it a lot on the new prisoners. It, you, we got to become self-sufficient. Yeah. You know, I, I want a compound, uh, you know, land, uh, you know, a, a natural source of water, uh, you know, raise your food, 
You know what I mean? Uh, they even sure. weaponized that term, compound. They did it to the Kennedys and to, yeah, that's uh, true. to Koresh. Koresh true. and the Kennedys. They say yeah. compound. You, you just want a piece of land that is not, not I just want off people, the grid. Yeah, I just want to be left alone, man. You're right. That's all. I, I just want to be fucking left alone and self-sufficient, and you know, yeah. and, and raise animals and, and farm a little bit and and, uh, and just have a good fucking life. That you know, I, like it would be a good life. Yeah. I don't want to be dependent on the fucking grid because it's it's such a scary thing. Where I was watching a video on Twitter earlier today of people fist fighting over fucking eggs in Costco. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I don't want that. Like we're it's very disgusting. fortunate where we live that we have a neighbor with a giant chicken coop, and he yeah. comes by about every two weeks and goes, "Hey guys, got some eggs for you." Right? I get a, just. I get a neighbor. You know what he says. Dead. When I go, hey man, you don't have to do this. He goes, his response is fucking beautiful. He goes, oh no, 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 no. The Lord blesses me so that I can bless others. Oh. That's fucking heavy, man. That's, heavy. that's the type of people that I want to be around. And the type of people that I recommend everybody want to be around. And part of that is you want to yeah. be in a rural area. Get out of the major cities. These yeah. fucking cesspools, man. I mean, now all the conversations, especially the World Economic Forum, about the smart cities and 15-minute cities. cities and walking cities. And, you know, you'll have no car. You can get to everywhere you need to in 15 minutes. So they sound like now, prisons. Yeah, they are fucking prisons. Yeah. They're fucking prison colonies, man. But is it so different if you live in New York City where you, I mean, you're all public transportation because yeah. it doesn't make sense to have a vehicle. So that you're at the mercy of the schedule of the infrastructure, all of it. Right. And when you look at it, there's a lot of people that live there that don't leave a certain parameter, like right. in, in a fucking rare instance. That's not living to me, man. No, that's no. a fucking prison. And I don't want that. I don't want that at all. And I, I hope that anybody, you know, and, and it's just, it's crazy because I, I want to be autonomous. I don't want to have to rely on other people or transportation and all that shit. So for me, when it comes to that, that's my goal. Right. And, um, and I rely on others uh, for the most part. I'm always let down. So I, I agree with you to take care of yourself. Yeah. 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 I mean, you, you can't count on other people. That's the shitty part. I'm not saying that you don't have family that loves you. Yeah. I don't mean you. like friends or anything. At, I, at the I end mean, of the fucking day, man, there's you, you can count on one person and that's number one. Yeah. Um, and that leads me to my other personal goal is all I care about in this world. My number one fucking goal, man, is I want to be the best father I could be. Yeah. And I want to raise the strongest woman that I can. That's awesome. Right. Because yeah. it's, it's amazing when, you know, people that don't have kids or, and they go, gosh, I, I mean, it's, aren't you worried about having a daughter in these times? Right. Right. Yeah. What if it gets worse? Well, my response is, what if my daughter's the person that makes it better? What right. if my daughter can change the world? Should I be afraid of that too? No. What if, what if she becomes powerful? Right. What if I can make sure of that? What if I can do everything I can to give her every bit of support I can for her to be the most brilliant, strong woman that I can, and she yeah. can change the world for the better. Right. Right. Yeah. So it's, and that's, that goes back to, are you going to choose to live in fear? Right. Or are you going to take fucking control? So for me, that's my goal. Be the best father I could be, best support system I can be. Right. That's probably the best goal out of anything that any of us can do. What more is there? Yeah. That's my legacy, man. Yeah. You know, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, it's, uh, you know, when I'm not here anymore, sure, there'll be digital copies of my podcasts. That'll exist. 
that's cool, man. There'll be some pictures, right? But at the end of the day, if I uh, raise an amazing woman that that has her own amazing family and, and continues that through generations of changing the world in a better way, that's yeah. a real fucking legacy, man. I guess that's a Connor, real one. Or John Connor. That's exactly right. Yeah. That's exactly what I was going for there. I like movies. I'm basically Sarah Connor. You are Sarah Connor, <laughs> sir. All right. So this has been awesome. And before I have you plug everything and uh, contact info, if you want that kind of thing from the public, I'll just ask you this one last thing. What would you your reaction be is if, if on the new Prisoners podcast, we had Governor Jesse Ventura. <laughs> so um, in case you guys are wondering, yeah, the, the, Mr. Graves and I have a bit of an infamous conversation on the show where got a little heated over Jesse Ventura and Chris Kyle. Um, so here's the crazy part about it. And I knew you were going to bring this up, you fucker. Um, but I'm glad you did. So what's funny about this is I actually did like um, Jesse Ventura's uh his conspiracy show. Okay, uh, and that's all the time we have today. Oh, no, fucker. Uh, I'm not you, done. Jim. Don't you dare. Uh, also, uh, I love Jesse Ventura and Predator. <laughs> so, so, just to be honest. Good um, qualifications, yes. No, no. So, for me, man, it's funny because the whole thing with Jesse Ventura uh, and, you know, where our point of contention was, was, uh, you know, Jesse Ventura sued Chris Kyle's estate, right? For Was it slander or defamation of character chris kyle um, came out on the opie and anthony show and said that it was jesse ventura because he couldn't say it in his book yeah so in the book he just gave it reference to like, scruff face scruff yeah. face he called him but for some reason he decided to out jesse ventura and jesse ventura he had issue with that because some of the things and uh, we won't get back into it but <laughs> some of the things were proven wrong because jesse was on blood thinners and if he actually was punched by chris kyle like chris kyle had said there would have been a lot of proof of that that was my contention no, no and, and that's fair man I, I guess for me my whole point is um what did it matter no, it didn't. And then I felt like a, sh I felt like a shit afterwards because I. No, had... no, no. I'm not talking about the oh, conversation oh. <laughs> with you. No, no, no. I'm talking about. I had some vodka, folks. <laughs> so, so yeah. So okay. So Chris Kyle allegedly said this, and you know it was a wrong thing. And let's say he did defame him and slander him. Uh, okay, you know, but why are you going to go and fucking sue a military veteran's estate? Yeah. Uh, well, his... well, I I got that too. Because that's just my it, opinion. It was actually the insurance of the of the book label that would be paying it out. It wouldn't have been his his widow, but they. they well, then took, I misunderstood. They took that and ran with it to defame Jesse yeah. even more. Because so. my understanding was that he was suing the actual state, uh, no. which is Taya Cow and and Chris Cow's kids, and, and that's Chris, what bothered Chris Kyle. Me. Unfortunately, was basically murdered uh, yes, at a was. shooting range during that. That yeah. trial, unfortunately. So yeah. So so we crazy. have a drinking game during the new prisoners thing, and it's not <laughs> disrespect to on my part for uh, Chris Kyle's estate or his widow or anything like that. They're 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 victims, you know, of all circumstance. And uh, Jesse Ventura is awesome. <laughs> well, here's what it comes down to: uh, don't lie about shit, and don't be a sensitive little bitch, <laughs> and that'll make the world a better place. Not uh, you, but people if, in general. If you're protecting your name too, you're you know, there's something. Well, that's a different conversation, but yeah, I, I mean, I can understand. Had a 
conspiracy show, so I don't know if he had a whole lot to protect. You know what? And that's coming from us. That's coming from me to talk about conspiracies every fucking day. I'll give you. I'll I'll give you this. Before I came across Mr. Donald Jeffries, Jesse Ventura was a big part of my re-education on uh, a lot of these topics. So part of me was like, like, I don't like that word re-education. No, that's what they're threatening Jordan Peterson with right now. No, not re-education. My re-examining of certain events that we talk about quite a bit. Um, (laughs) Anyway, (laughs) now drink. No, it's a drinking game. Every time I say Chris Kyle, he says Jesse Ventura. It's all a drinking game, folks. But anyway, so where can people find you if you want to be found, even? And uh, where can people find your work and all <laughs> the, you know, the whole thing? Uh, yeah, yeah. So uh, where, where are we at? Rumble, BitChute, all over the place. The New Prisoners, um, uh, John Henry TNP. Uh, as in the new prisoners on Twitter. Uh, I'm sure I am grossly fucking shadow banned, just like everybody else on there right now. But hey, we had a strong couple weeks under Elon, and now we're back to all that shit. So if you guys want to reach out, need me for anything, give me a holler, want to talk, having a bad day, and you need some support, uh, come see me there. But uh, new prisoners podcast, man, myself, number six. Um, you know, Chris is a, an amazing contributor to the show. Love having him. Uh, Lisa Bellinger, she's our, our legal expert. Uh, I just like that she gets so fucking mad she can barely talk sometimes so uh lisa is <laughs> very enjoyable and, and makes me laugh my ass off um you know we have gary from m5 news texas uh gary's doing uh, the lord's work in dc right now doing just a tremendous amount to fight for uh january 6th defendants um so that's he was just with Je- he was just with uh, Ashley Babbitt's mother as she got arrested, I believe. That's what I heard, man. So uh, you know, Gary's an extraordinary guy. Uh, you know, I, I think you would agree. He's he has combed through more January six footage than anybody that exists. Uh, Gary, I like him to come on here too, just like I have you on right now. Gary's amazing, man. This guy, you want to talk about sacrifice? This guy sacrificed everything in his life to fight for what's right when it comes to this situation. So, uh, he's an amazing guy, uh, amazing resources. Um, so, you know, Gary's amazing. Chris, you're great, man. I, I, one thing I would recommend, and I'm a very selfless person, uh, please, man, you get so much good content from these guys, the, the hours that they put in, man, go and help them out, support them. I know they have some donation links, so I would love to see that. Right. So if there's anything I can, I can ask for, it would be that because, uh, there's a lot of work that goes into this stuff. And especially for Mr. Graves and Gary, uh, you know, Lisa, man, these guys work their butts off for you, right? And for us to all become educated. And uh, I'm just grateful for it, man. I, I really appreciate you having me on, man. This was fun. It's yeah, a good time. Uh, can't wait to do it again. And uh, yeah, for sure. And talk a little bit more Jesse Ventura and his whole body of work and his moves he did. Let's just talk about his body. Yeah. Like, we don't have to talk about all the rest of it. Yeah. Just I, uh, we're going to just isolate. in Predator. He was so fucking jacked in Predator. I ain't got time to bleed. <laughs> yeah, he was jacked, man. <laughs> and I loved his comment about uh, give me Dick Cheney a waterboard in thirty minutes, and I'll have him. I'll have him admitting to uh, the Sharon Tate murders or whatever. <laughs> it was great. Oh, sweet, Fuck sweet Jesse Ventura. <laughs> yeah. All right, sir. Till we meet again. Thank you, brother. How dare you?